0: Hello, everyone. You are listening to Say No to Tyranny, Say Yes to Barbecue podcast on Cruciform's Fill the Earth Network, a network that seeks to flood the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. As it says in Habakkuk 2.14, hey, everyone, how are you doing today? Um, I'm Matt Yergler. Thank you for listening and subscribing to our podcast. And please, 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 please tell your friends to do the same. Uh, We can now be found on iTunes and Spotify for easy listening access. So what you want to do is um, when you go to iTunes or Spotify... You're going to type in say no to tyranny, say yes to bbq, all lowercase, no spaces, and that will pull up our podcast, and we're right there. You subscribe to that, and you will have all our podcasts. Um, So thank you for that. This podcast is all about glorifying God in all areas of life. Christ is king and ruling over every square inch of the earth. Hence, all of Christ for all of life. Uh, Let's get podcasting. So... Um, last night, we uh, we my church Bethel Reformed Baptist Church in Bluffton. Um, we went to our city hall and we we organized a prayer uh, rally, if you will. Um, what we wanted to do is we wanted to pray for our, our local officials, um, elected officials, and our law enforcement. Um, so it was really cool. We had a a, a pretty good turnout. Um, there was I don't know maybe 50 to, to 60 people there and we sing a couple hymns and we we prayed we offered three prayers um, and I was one that was able to pray and uh, I just wanted to start because the podcast with this because um, it's important guys um, for us to go and, and get involved and, and as Christians to not sit back, but to be proactive in, our, in advancing the, the kingdom of Christ. And, uh, and we see that in scripture. Um, let me grab the word right here real quick. Uh, we see that in scripture in Matthew 28. Um, it says, it's the Great Commission. And I want I wanna read that scripture real quick. And I also want to read um, another piece of scripture that ties it to that scripture to prove that as Christians, this is what we need to be doing um, in these times. Today is the first day of President Biden's administration. So, um, It is very important for the church to to be active in these times and to not shrink back, but to go forward. So Matthew 28, uh, verse 16 through 20 says this, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That is known as the Great Commission in Scripture. And there is some pushback from some people sometimes saying, well, that was directed to uh, from Jesus to the disciples. Um, he never really told just the average Christian to go do that. Um, he's talking about his disciples, and he's specifically talking about his uh, disciples. However, when you interpret Scripture with Scripture, and you put Scripture on top of Scripture, we get a bigger and better picture of what Jesus um, really meant in, in what he was saying there. So to find that, we have to go to uh, John chapter 17. It's the High Priestly Prayer. I encourage you guys to read that chapter. It's really awesome and encouraging um, on Jesus praying, um, not only about his disciples, but about you and me. And we're going to pick it up in verse 14, and we're going to read uh, to verse 26. Verse 26. I have given the, this is Jesus talking. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth, okay? Truth is truth is very important here. In the truth, your word is truth, Jesus says. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Talking about his disciples again, um, the Great Commission. And for for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. And then Jesus says this, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. And that includes us so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me because before the foundations of the world. O oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name And I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So there you go, guys. That is an example of interpreting scripture with scripture. And and, um, it is clear that we as believers, we as sons and daughters of the king are called out into this world. And I know it's getting scarier. I know there is fear. I know there is anxiety and I feel it too, but that is no excuse. We just heard from God himself saying that he will be with us through the end of the ages. And he has planned this out before the foundations of the world for his followers to go into a wicked world that doesn't know the truth and bring the truth to that wicked world. And so That's what last night was all about. Um, We wanted to pray for our our county. We wanted to pray for the residents. We wanted to pray for the city council, the county council, the mayor, the sheriff, uh, the judges, the lawyers. Um, We wanted to pray, I may be forgetting an office, the commissioners. Um, we just wanted to pray, but we also wanted to bring truth because we know the truth. So I'm going to read to you guys right now, uh, the prayer that I prayed last night, um, in front of city council and the mayor. And, uh, and this is an example. This is what, this is what the Lord put on my heart. Um, but as you guys, and I encourage men, women, families to go out and do this, do this type of ministry, do these things, because the community needs the church now more than ever. And uh, so here is the prayer that I prayed last night um, in front of the mayor and the council. Father, we come together tonight to bow our heads and submit ourselves to you. We know that your word teaches in 1 Corinthians 15:25 that you are reigning, Lord Jesus. We also know that our God is all and in all according to 1 Corinthians 15:28. That means you are king, Lord Jesus, and you will remain to be king and reign until you have put all your enemies under your feet. Lord All things are in subjection to you. Our individual self is in subjection to you. Our families are in subjection to you. Our businesses and the places we work are in subjection to you. Our local government is in subjection, and all government is in subjection to you. Lord, you do not need us to defend you or try to manipulate people into thinking that you need them. You are reigning, and you are King Lord Jesus, and we need you. Your word says that Christ is all and in all, meaning you cannot be separated from one square inch of this earth, and you are reigning over the king of it all, and you are reigning over and king of it all. Let the faithful be encouraged and hopeful, knowing that you are sovereign, and everything that is going on in this world, country, state, con- county and city, is your plans and your will, and no man can thwart that. It is your sovereign will. All things work together for your glory and our good for those of us that puts our faith in you, Lord Jesus. The word also says you came to bring war. You say in Matthew ten, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Now uh, the sword is is what divides and conquers, and it's not a sword made of iron, but of words. Your word. Your word also tells us it accomplishes two things, not three things, but two things. One, people will hear it and their hearts will be softened and you will replace their stony heart and give them a heart of flesh and they'll believe two your word will make the unbeliever's hearts harder and in result of hearing more judgment will be more judgment will be on them your word does not return void those are the two options that is the war we are in it's not between flesh and blood it is a spiritual war we are called to fight for people's souls through the spreading of the gospel Bless this city with hearing and not rejecting your word. Open the ears and the eyes of Wells County. Let us be a county that praises your name and all that which we find our hands to do. Let us be a faithful, strong city for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Make us the individuals who wake up and immerse ourselves in the word fathers who teach their wives and their children about your great name, Lord Jesus, to be faithful to you in our work and in our leisure. Allow us to be a people set on the rock of our salvation and be salty to all the earth. Lord, have mercy on us and grant mass repentance in our county and find favor in our residents. Your word teaches that salvation is of the Lord and we are to go out into the world and proclaim your name, Lord Jesus, because faith comes from hearing. Those who know you know we are under judgment. Right now, it is easy for us to put our head in the sand and try to fly under the radar, resulting in compromising our faith. We are scared and we are fearful, but we also know you tell us, Lord Jesus, if we are going to be your disciples, we must deny ourselves and take up your cross and follow you. We know for those who try to save their life will lose it, but for us who loses their life for your sake, well, find it. So give us courage and steadfastness that we will be a city on a hill and salt of the world Allow the lost to become saved by recognizing that you are a holy God and that they are a sinful man or woman and let them bow their knee to you, Lord Jesus, and acknowledge you are Lord and Savior, turning from their sin and turning to you. As you lived a perfect life in thought, word, and deed and fulfilled God's law perfectly by going to the cross as the perfect unblemished lamb and having God's wrath poured out on you so that those who believe may become righteous by confessing that you, Jesus, are Lord, And savior, and salvation can be found in no one else but in you alone. In return, they are forgiven of all their iniquities, and in exchange, they put on all of Christ's righteousness. Lord, we thank you for the good news, and we thank you for the feet that carries it. We pray all this through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So um, that was the prayer that I prayed last night. And in front of our mayor and city council, Uh, that's our heart. That needs to be our heart, Christian, going forward. We need to get involved. We need to be engaged. We need to be uh, uh, for the things that God is for and against the things that God's against. And today we have a very special guest. And I know I talk highly about all my guests, but I really think highly of all of them. So I'm just being honest. Um, And and today we have with us... uh, Uh, a Christian sister by the name of Amy Sleester. And um, Amy is the founder and executive director of Hoosiers for Life, an Indiana nonprofit organization that designed the historical protection of life bill. They are the leading force behind the strategy and promotion of the bill. Currently 10 other States are now proposing legislation similar to the protection of life bill. Hoosiers for Life also partners with Indiana Families in Waiting, which helps promote home-study-ready families that are wanting to adopt. She is the president of the Liberty Defense Political Action Committee, which keeps legislators accountable to the promises and platforms they present when running for office. Liberty Defense aims to connect the election season to the legislative season and educate voters on the status of their representation. They also work diligently to elect constitutional patriots to the assembly. Amy founded Sanctuary for the Unborn in Indiana, which prevents abortion-minded businesses from moving into your community. Amy and her family are lifelong residents of Indiana and have adopted five children. They are a homeschooling family and believers of Christ. They have lost 14 children to pregnancy, lost uh, and have a heart and passion for all pre-born babies. Amy, uh, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today?
1: I am good. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I, I really do appreciate it. And again, so we just, our last podcast, we talked to Kurt Nisley about his uh, bill that he presented, him and John Jacob, um, the 1539 bill that uh, pretty much abolishes abortion in the state of Indiana. Um, So as you are founder of Hoosiers for Life, tell us a little bit about Hoosiers for Life and how you got started and and what you guys are um, about.
1: Well, it really kind of started with that bill so um, about six years ago i felt like god was really influencing me probably from past pain and loss to get involved in the abortion anti-abortion arena and little did i know that um kurt and isley would be a part of that but we ended up working on a piece of legislation for about a year and after that year i had the idea which is how all legislation gets started is from a an idea and um, I just really felt impressed by God that um, this was something that I needed to um, to talk to Kurt about And so I went to Kurt and said, hey, I have an idea about... Um, a piece of legislation that would really just tell the legislature what we want, like no compromise, not holding anything back. Let's just tell them exactly what we want and stand there forever until we get it. And I was a little nervous about how Kurt would respond. I didn't know him well in the sense that we've only um, worked on one piece of legislation together and, and known each other just under a year. So He was ecstatic about the idea. We put our heads together. We came up with a list of what we would like to see this bill do and gathered um, uh, three or four other people and sat around a table and just derived it all together. And um, then he was able to author the bill and send it to LSA and have it drafted and then author it. And that's how the Protection of Life bill got started. Um Hoosiers for Life was really just a Facebook group page. You know, we were um, working towards educating people. But when this bill took off and Kurt then filed it, um, it really was the birth of Hoosiers for Life.
0: Oh, wow. So. Well, that, that's awesome. So you're – and I've known you for a long time. Long time. Um, <laughs> and uh, – but, I mean, at the end of the day, you are – you were just a um, – a housewife, yeah, and you had a family, yeah, and you were living out in the middle of nowhere. Yes, I do. <laughs> and uh, and and what has come from all this is it could end abortion in the state of Indiana. I mean, it shows that just for somebody to step out and do something, um, it's huge, and God blesses it, right? God yeah. grows it, and. And, you know, people might be listening to this podcast and be like, yeah, well, I'm a nobody. Yeah, but somebody. I'm a nobody, and, and so are you, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and the only thing we are are, are children of, of God that, that puts things on our hearts, and we go forth in it, and then he blesses it. And And so my question to you would be, um, there is a organization out there called Right to Life, and they're a huge $100 million organization. And they're pro-life, and they um, they endorse all these candidates, and they have them fill out a survey on how pro-life you are, and then they tell you, or they grade you, and then they will, and they always they always um, choose the incumbent. It seems like yeah. like they they always are like when they go and they um, when when there's two people running in the race, they're always endorsing. That's the word I was looking for. Endorsing. They're endorsing um the incumbents and and they're saying that they're 100 percent pro-life they're the most pro-life but if that's the case um and if that was true and we are about truth why isn't abortion abolished already in indiana if they're really pro-life what would you say why would you say that that right for right to life has been endorsing pro-life candidates for years and years and years and years and years years, but yet abortion's still legal why is that
1: Mm. So I almost give props to right to life for one reason and one reason only. When I first started engaging in this, um, this project, I knew very little. And so what I did was I reached out to this grand organization because they do have the money, they have the list, they have the people, they have the activists, they have the events, they have the fundraisers, they have the legislation. And I thought my goodness, maybe I should take my idea to them, right? Yeah. Because certainly they would be on board with it and come alongside, and maybe I'd have a spot, and they're, you know, like working with them. I really was that naive, and I sat down – at a lunch with the executive director of allen county right to life who runs all of the legislation through the indiana legislature and had been the only organization that had ever proposed pro-life legislation in indiana ever so i was told um, when we filed our first bill we were told um, by a representative who are you like you don't work with right to life like don't you know that they are the only ones that propose pro-life legislation. I'm like, nobody ever told me that. So, um, so we, um, have done something new with that. They are not the only ones anymore, but at this lunch, um, with the executive director and the state lobbyist, um, I asked that specific question, why with all of the money and all of the people and all of the influence and all the popularity, why are there still 8,400 children a year? Um, at this point, um, still dying of abortion every day. And um, the state lobbyist took the Lord's name in vain, um, mm-hmm. slammed her, her hand on the table and said, you try to end it then. Yeah. And so I thought, you know what?
0: <laughs> I will.
1: <laughs> I just might do that. And so I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful that I can look at what they've done and say that's not the route we're going to take yeah. Um,
0: but they're not even really interested in ending abortion, are they? I mean, they want to regulate mm-hmm. it. Would that be a fair statement or am I overreaching a little bit?
1: My, the most truthful statement I can say to you and your listeners is abortion is an industry, yeah. period. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that just pro-abortion people gain from that industry.
0: Right. Because yeah. if abortion would end, there would be a lot of people out of the job who on the pro-life side of it to where they are making hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not more CEOs, COOs, and a lot of other people would lose a job if abortion would become abolished illegal. And, and, and so there's almost a incentive for them um, to keep it going. And, and so they say things that seem to be pro-life. And then they legislate bills that seem to be pro-life. But in reality, the bills that are coming through the Indiana State House, and any state house for that matter, as far as I know, for the most part, especially through Right to Life, is about regulating abortion. What are some of those bills look like? That, like what are in those bills that actually is just prolonging it and regulating it?
1: Yeah. So let me just say this, too, that their um, regulatory bills – provide cover for legislators. That's very important to know because then you have people like representative Ben Smaltz, who has killed the protection of life bill for, you know, four years in a row um, being one of the most pro-life legislators because they are endorsed by right to life. And then he um, votes for their, regulatory bills, which provides him then um, cover during the election season. So there's always more to the story yeah. than what you see. Um, one of the bills that sticks out to me uh, was last year's um, bill. Now, I don't remember the number, but right to life, it touted around pretty good. It was called the, what we call the burial bill. I oh, yep. no. Did you hear about I that? I did.
0: Yep, I'm familiar yeah. with it.
1: So it was basically a bill that said, okay, yeah, you can suck them out. You can you can rip them apart. You can, you know, chemically um, poison the children and discard them in the toilet. You can do whatever you want. But when you do, um, we just want to make sure that there is dignity in their burial.
0: Yep. And,
1: and I wanted to puke.
0: Right. I and mean, like, it's wicked.
1: Yeah, it's so wicked. And what's really
0: wicked about it, and it, it's wicked in itself, Amy... But what's really wicked about it is how um, uh, Republicans like think that they know it's not a good bill. Mm -hmm. They know that it's wicked, but yet they somehow spin it in a way to to fool. Their, their constituents to mm-hmm. fool their voters and thinking that they're actually caring for life when they're not. Yeah. I mean, at least Democrats come out and say, yeah, right. Hey, we'll kill babies and we'll laugh in your face as we do it. I mean, that's almost more respectable than what's absolutely. really going on right now in the Republican Party at the at the state level and federal level, mm-hmm. as far as that goes, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know where the Democrats stand. Yeah. You know what's scary is that you have pro-life, quote, pro-life um, Republicans that... Um, yeah, you really don't know where they stand. You no. know, there's never been a hard-hitting piece of legislation that's been in front of them that they have to vote yes or no on. No. You know, it's always been these regulatory bills. And so, like, again, I said, you know, it provides them cover. And so yeah. you really don't know where they stand. They can tell you all day long and right. the, um, you know, election season. That's why I like to combine the election season to the legislative season because they lie, yeah. you know, they, they – they do. They give you promises on their platforms and say, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And then when they don't, by that time, we've kind of forgotten, you know? Yeah. Or, um, you know, we see these weak bills coming through and we're like, well, you know, at least we got some advance right. in the pro life, yeah. you know? But to me, I feel like, you know, you said it. There's millions and millions of dollars. There's millions and millions of followers. There's all kinds of, um, they have all kinds of tools, you know, to use in their organization. And they've, we're still killing 8,000 babies yep. a year in yep. Indiana. It's just insane.
0: Yeah, and and so when we, so when you talk about um, they get cover. I want to I want to just dive into that a little bit here. What you mean by that is that so 1539 is a bill that Nisley and Jacob are introduced and it will abolish abortion in the state of Indiana. And we're going to talk about that. And again, Amy, and I think my verbiage is right here. You're an author of that bill, aren't you?
1: I helped design it. Help yeah. design
0: it. Yep. So you know the bill inside and out, and we're going to get into that, and it's going to be very interesting. I can't wait to do it. And by the way, uh, today, me, <laughs> Amy, and I, we are drinking Redemption Bourbon, and we're going to tell you what we think of that here in a little bit. But uh, uh, Redemption Bourbon, it's uh, pre-prohibition whiskey revival, batch number thirty. So. Uh, it's it's pretty good, I think so Girls far. Girls
1: drink bourbon. Yeah, Girls do drink, absolutely. <laughs> Girls sure drink
0: bourbon. Uh, so, uh, but anyhow, going back to the cover that they get. So what happens is is these real pro life bills get introduced, and then they get put into committees. And I know Kurt and I talked about this a little bit on our last podcast. But what happens is is they send these to committee to com- uh, committees. And correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. Um, and then it has to be brought out of committee and have a hearing. But what is happening is, is they're never making it out of committee. The the Republican leadership is not allowing these bills to be heard. And if it would be heard, and it would get on the floor, why would they do that? Well, it's protecting the Republican Party. It is It is party over principles all day long, is what it is. It is um, party over convictions. What, however you want to say it, what's right, what's wrong. They're choosing wrong over right to protect the party. And so they're not letting the stuff get out. So there's never a vote on it. So we really don't know if people are pro-life or not until they actually put a vote towards, are you willing to end abortion right now and right here? Yeah. And they just won't allow it to happen.
1: They don't want to go on record.
0: And right, because once you're on record, one, they're going to vote no, they don't want to end abortion, which then right to life would be up all in a tizzy and they couldn't endorse these candidates anymore. They couldn't be considered pro-life candidates anymore. Republican Party couldn't be known as the pro-life party anymore. And they never really were. They were the ones who gave us abortion in the first place. It's crazy. If you study your history, um, it was Republican Supreme Court justices that gave us abortion. But anyhow, this isn't to hark on Republicans. This is to call out what's right and what's wrong and to reveal it and expose it so that we could see uh, this bill getting out of committee, have a hearing, and get a vote on it. And um, that's what we're hoping to do this session. And this is the fifth year we're trying to do it, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. Yes. Yep. So,, um, you you were right when you said leadership. So it's kind of a trickle down um tell you how to do things kind of things so you've it's it's really supposed to be a bottoms up um government you know the people are supposed to tell the legislators what to do but um as everyone knows you know we are stuck in the system of the legislators kind of dictating to the people so um in leadership in the state house there's definitely a rhetoric that you probably don't hear in the media and that is um you know the Speaker of the House will dictate to the committee chairs which bills that they should hear and which bills they should not he- hear. So there's a lot of people to blame um, in in the state house. And so yes, we start we actually start with the committee right now. Um, our bill has been switched this year. I think Kurt elaborated on that a little bit, that we have a new House speaker and that he feels like abortion bills should go into judiciary. I personally think they moved it to judiciary to give Ben Smaltz a little break because we have um, kind of plummeted him the last four years because of his failure to protect the um, So. Um, Now the committee chair is a jerry Tor,
0: Which they're all pro-life Republicans. Oh sure. So I just real quick Let me jump in and keep (laughs) your thought but well for the listeners. It's real important to know this information Mm -hmm. the the assembly The the state house is a super majority Republican. So it's not like Democrats are holding up this bill It's not like well, they want to pass it, but they can't now if Democrats do you ever get the majority, that's exactly the excuse they're going to use is, well, we would pass it, but the Democrats would just shut it down. So we're not going to waste our time. But they can't use that excuse because we have a super, uh, Republicans have a super majority in the House and the Senate and a Republican governor, and they all say they're pro-life. So that's just the, that, that that's the makeup. That's the, that's what's going on. That's the, the the makeup of, of yep, what's going absolutely. on right now in the state house. Yep. So go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you, yeah, but I just no, wanted them to no, know that
1: it's, it, it, you're exactly right. So it gets hung up, um, in committee, the chair will most likely try his best not to hear it. We have people contacting not only the chair, but th- the members of the committee encouraging them to, um, advocate for this bill. And, um, you know, really, that's just our first step you know, and they shut it down, you know, every year. What baffles me is they have problems with our bill, they say. So there's, and we can talk about that later, you know, different things that they say they don't like about our bill. But that's exactly what a committee hearing is for. No bill is perfect when it's introduced. And so once it goes into the committee hearing, then that gives those legislators on that committee a chance to discuss the bill and provide amendments or changes or whatever they think it's possible. Also, gives people like you and I the ability to go in and testify what we think is good or bad about the bill as well. So, it's supposed to work that way. They're supposed to. It's supposed to create a communication process over a very important issue. And what they're doing is shutting that communication process down.
0: Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's get into the bill real quick. Uh, um, what What will House Bill fifteen thirty nine What is it about, and what will it do?
1: Yeah. Um, So I love, love this bill. Um, It's very um, straightforward. It does what I think um, we absolutely, I mean, it just does exactly what we want the legislature to do. Um, There's no compromise or um, anything like that. And I'll start off by saying, you know, there's a lot of things that the legislature discusses and compromises on so you can throw you know we can throw a pile of money in the middle of the table here and and we can discuss the budget you know what to do with this money where to put it Um, we can discuss roads and transportation we can discuss education and taxes but when you put a human child in the middle of the table um, that should look a little bit differently you know there shouldn't be the conversation so when can we kill it when is it okay how can we kill it Um, you know, are they exempt because they have a certain disease or if they're healthy, then they can die, you know, anytime before viability or what is viability? I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. So we take all of that away. Um, so our main goal is to, um, make abortion illegal with no compromise. So we treat the child in the womb just like a living child and, um, reiterate that life begins at conception, because it does, and state code already agrees to that. Um, Indiana State Constitution already says that. So we're just reiterating that, yes, life begins at conception, so Indiana State should protect it and make it illegal for the murder of the unborn. So that's the biggest thing that we do. Um, We also do we have a clause in there called prosecutorial discretion? I don't know if Kurt talked about that.
0: I don't think we did.
1: Okay. So I find that really interesting because a lot of um, abortion-minded bill, anti-abortion-minded bills um, want to say that abortion is a certain class of a felony. What we say is it's we use prosecutorial discretion saying that the prosecutor gets to decide. So whenever there is a crime of any sense – there's um, all kinds of factors involved in that crime. There's testimony. There's eyewitnesses. There's reports. There's um, evidence, and so all of that gets considered into each individual crime, and no um, crime is the same. And so we give prosecutors the ability to do their job. Now, if a prosecute, if this passes and a prosecutor isn't doing his job the way that you want him to, well, or her, him or her. Um, the great thing about that is they're an elected official and you can just um uh, vote them out yep. find someone to run against them so prosecutorial discretion is another clause in the bill um i know you guys talked about the federal government um which i love you know yep. they have no jurisdiction right. over state rights you yep. know we have state sovereignty right. and especially when it comes to the life of human beings i mean this the federal government does not have the jurisdiction to tell us who and uh, when we can kill little babies.
0: And that is if they actually passed it into law. But it's yeah. not even passed it's into not. law. It's never been passed into law. It's just a, a court decision that they act like it's law, but wildly unconstitutional. doesn't hold any weight. They know it don't hold any weight. If Republicans or pro-life people would actually push up against that, it would crumble. Because there's, yeah. no, there's, no, there's no foundation behind that. Because Supreme Court can't make law. Now, you know, and I talked to this in my last podcast, so I don't want to repeat it all, but Biden over the campaign said that he was asked the question, what are you going to do if uh, the, because all the new Supreme Court justice is supposedly pro-life Supreme Court justices got put in, what are you going to do if they overturn Roe versus Wade? And he's like, oh, well, we'll just sign it into law then.
1: Because he knows. He, he
0: knows. They know it's not mm-hmm. law. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But yeah, yet, we won't do anything to even push back on that at all. we just like, oh, it's law. Let's let's just – we can't do anything about it, but we can. Mm-hmm. And people need to realize that and start thinking that way. Which is way.
1: great that you're doing what you're doing because I think the reason that people think that it is the, quote, law of the land is because they've been told that over and over and over, and it's one of those things I think – when you're a new Christian, you learn that, you know, that's how Satan does things. He, like, tells a lie over and over and over until the people finally believe it. Right. And that's essentially what they've done. And the people yeah. are like, oh, you know, it's just, it's it's legal, yeah. you know. Yeah. We can kill babies. Yeah. But the states, you push back on other issues, you know, like marijuana and sanctuary cities, you um, they have pushed back even on you know, way back when uh, I think Indiana stood against the federal government on sawed-off shotguns. Um, there's, The states have the right to decide, and um, they have more power than what most people think. And so we just reiterate that as well and say the federal government has no jurisdiction over this. Um, abortion is not a right. It's not in the Constitution. And so the state can stand, and, and we will stand if this if this law comes into effect. But another thing that we do is we protect those that enforce the bill. So if you were in a position that maybe you were a police officer or, um, you know, I, I, don't even, I don't even know a great example other than that, but you enforce this. So say someone is um, performing an abortion and and you say, hey, no, you're not allowed to do that. That's illegal. Um, they can't lose their job or their livelihood for enforcing this piece of legislation. So we wanted to protect those that would actually enforce this bill. Um,
0: yeah, we go to the abortion mills, and um, and you know what? They always have a police officer sitting outside guarding the abortion doctor yeah. from us. Yeah. The people who are pleading for life <laughs> and, and letting them hear the gospel and let them know that they have an image bearer of God in their womb. And please don't kill your baby. Please don't murder your baby, you know, and pleading with them and telling them about God's goodness. And then they hire police officers to protect the abortionist from us. Yeah, and That's where the law is at right now. So, I mean, the cops aren't on our side. They're actually on the other side because yeah. that's that's what they're told to do. There's
1: a murderer in the building.
0: Yeah, so your bill would yeah. reverse that saying, hey, you know what? The yep. cops are going over on the pro-life side.
1: Yep. And, that, that's and we're protecting awesome. their livelihood and their occupation. They cannot be penalized for that. Oh, great. So, yeah. And same with attorneys or or anyone else that would um, stand up for this legislation. Um, we also, we, we have always um, addressed the topic of atopic pregnancy in the sense that we have always put in the bill intentional death, thinking that that would be enough to separate um, people's ideas of knowing that an atopic pregnancy when the baby is removed from the mother's womb um, is not an intentional death. You're not going in there and sucking it out and tearing it apart and, you know, um, celebrating it. It's is, it is, it's a terrible thing. And um, But we realized this year that maybe we needed to reiterate um, that subject. And so we did put in some language that um, basically said that both mother and child are equally valuable in health care and so that way um, we kind of address the the issue of a topic so I know that's a question that some people have and so that is also in the bill and um, the last thing that I would like to bring up about the bill is that it has a non-severability clause and what that is, Um, It's a clause that many states use. It's a very common thing. It basically says as the bill travels, it travels as a whole. So if you were to um, remove a portion of the bill, the whole bill would die. And then the bill, um, our state law, would go back to what it was prior to um, the bill being in effect. So back to the regulatory status that we are now. um, We wanted to... Stay, we didn't want to um, move to the wild, wild west or whatever you know, where everybody just kills everybody. You know, where or, or, you know, we we understand that um, right now there is a window of people that can be um, murdered, and of uh, this this viability uh, 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 portion that the federal government has laid out for us or whatever then and. We don't we're not saying like when the bill if the bill was to not go into effect, then we just go back to ground zero. We're saying it goes right back to where we were when we started, which is another argument that right to life sticks out against our bill, which I think is ridiculous. So um, non severability, it moves as a whole unit, if anything comes apart from it, it falls and dies. And then we go back to where we started so
0: yep yep and explain why what about right to life and and what they what that's been
1: one of their arguments is um we just if and this is what they said and this is why i kind of use that phrase um if the bill was to um go through the court process and it would um die then um, we would go to the go back to the wild wild west. All our regulations would be gone, and that's not that's simply not the case. It's it's worded very um, intricately that no, we would go back to the same um, place that we are prior to the bill being filed in the first place. So.
0: Okay, so um, so. When you say that, that like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not quite following. When you say that, like, when it goes back to the first place, does that mean where it goes back, where we're at today, or what yes. the original bill says? So, if somebody wanted to end that bill, they'd have to do is change it, and then all of it gets thrown out, once and we it, go back Once it to, becomes
1: law and it goes into the court. Okay. Because most likely it's going to be litigated. Yep. I mean, all abortion bills, anti abortion bills, are litigated. That's another argument that, that, um, we sometimes hear is, oh my goodness, this is gonna cost so this is gonna cost so much money. Well every every bill that you see go yeah. through the state house, um every right to life bill that goes through has cost over a hundred thousand dollars to litigate. Yeah. And so ours will do the same once it goes to the um, courts if they decide, you know, they, they like one part and they don't like the other, they cannot separate, they cannot pull that bill apart. And that's, we specifically made it that way because we knew, um, it just doesn't work if it's, it's not intact, you know? So, um, yeah, so that's what that means. And,
0: and, uh, so going forward then in, in this bill, as it has been introduced again, uh, for the fifth straight year, um, what about some pro-life bills that have been introduced along with it? Like compare and contrast that for a second for me, like the bills that are in session this year or even like in the past. I know of one and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right. And hopefully you can validate me on this. Like one of the biggest pro-life bills to be passed uh, maybe two, three years ago was that they were going to make hallways in the abortion clinics wider. (laughs) And I know, is that, are you familiar with that? No, I'm not You're familiar not? with that okay, exact bill, okay. but
1: it does not, But th- those I mean, it's not beyond it. <laughs> those are
0: considered what these pro-life politicians are, are putting through. Are, is there any other pro-life legislations or bills that you know of off the top of your head that are going through this session? Um, and how does that compare and contrast to your bill?
1: Yeah, there's several bills going through this session. Um One is authored by J.D. Prescott, who is actually my state representative. Um, It basically says when Roe's overturned, then abortion will be illegal in Indiana. Um, The difference between his bill and ours is, you know, the the right to life community, um, J.D. alike, works within the confines of Roe. We do not. Um, Roe has no jurisdiction over state rights, and, you know, we talked about that already, but Um, it, this isn't working, you know, it, it hasn't worked. Um, we're still killing lots and lots of children. Yes. The pro-life community, um, celebrates every year because they think that they've made advancements. They're really, um, it's really just a fake. It really is. Um, there, nobody's really being saved. Um, JD filed that bill as cover. He actually filled out a survey From me, for the last two years, saying that he would co-author Kurt Nisley's Protection of Life bill. And instead, he authored his own to say, well, I did co-author a bill that would end abortion. Well, not really, J.D. So uh, you have to be super careful um, about believing what they are telling you. Um, His bill, um, look, Roe is not going to be overturned. Uh, The court decision is not going to be overturned. We just elected Biden as a president. Right. The federal government is not going to help us. The right. Supreme Court is not going to help us. No. If we really truly want to end abortion, it's going to have to be from the bottom up. It's going to have to be from the people standing up and saying, "We don't want to do it this way anymore. We don't want to regulate it. We don't want to talk about how many paper towels are in the paper towel dispenser inside of the abortion clinics. We don't want to talk about, you know, the paperwork that you have to sign and then if you sign your signature on the right line, then you can abort your baby or you know, we don't want to talk about all of those regulations. We just want this to stop. Right. So yeah. it's, it, you just have to say what you want. Yeah.
0: Um, and, and again, they don't want to stop it. And, you know, apart from um, it going into the courts and costing the taxpayer money, which I know and I, I assume that most Christians would be okay if their taxes were getting oh, yeah. spent to try and right? stop the murder of our children. Mm um um but what why else would they not just want to end it what, what's the political um what's the political gain or besides what we already talked about is it right to life having so much influence on these politicians they help get them elected so then therefore they don't want to hurt their corporation or their um what they got going on i mean that could very well be it It, that, it makes be. sense mm-hmm. you know like right to life now this ain't Absolutely true. Okay? okay. But it could be possible that right to life are, is what's is what's keeping abortion going under the cover of that they want to end it. But oh, yet, they kill
1: our bill every year. Right. I mean, that's controversial, and I understand that. And that, that just may sever half of our um, following, but it is the truth. Um, when we sat down here and you were praying at the beginning of this. I literally wrote on my paper, tell the truth. Because that's that's really what I wanted to come here and do is just tell the truth. But they do. They lobby against our bill. Um, they, they kill our bill every year. Um, they do not want these legislators to go on record. They do not want someone else to swoop in and end abortion when they've had all of these resources and tools to do it all of these years and made all of these promises and really have inched nowhere. Um, they work in the confines of Roe, and they will always work in the confines of Roe. I know for sure that the executive director of um, Allen County Right to Life, which is over the state of Indiana, um, has said she will never criminalize abortion. Well, that, that is insane to me, because if you don't criminalize it, if you do not make it illegal, then it will never stop. So that tells me that they are um, okay with it never ending. And why? Why? I don't know money, influence, power. Um, it could be all of that. It could be just ignorance and, and, and honestly, that feels really odd saying because, um, you know, they've been on the ground for so long and they've worked in the arena for so long, but it's almost like, um, it's almost like they're the good, good old boys club or something like they, there's just this understanding of how things work. And when I came on the scene, um, you know, I was told that many times, you just don't understand how things work. Well, I'm glad I didn't. Uh, there is a thing called access politics, and it's, it's a terrible, um, terrifying thing that people get caught up in. And it's, you know, if I go talk to my state senator, if I go talk to my state representative, and I can just convince them that murdering babies is wrong, he'll be on my side. Um, what you don't know is that they really don't care what you think. And um, there is someone telling them what they can and cannot do. And one of those influencing bodies is very um, well funded lobbyists. And Right to Life, who, again, I'll probably lose some supporters over saying this, RTL, Right to Life, we. Um, if you ever get any of our publications or emails or whatever, we refer to them as the Roe Tolerance Lobby, because that's what they are. They are the Roe Tolerance Lobby. Wow.
0: They- you know, Amy, and you. I think this is the second time you said you may lose some listeners or some uh, followers over that statement about right to life. But I wanna encourage those people who hear this and who has Amy just heard Amy just say that. Um, it's time to do what's right it's time for truth. It's time to to actually end abortion. It, and we have the capability of doing it through this bill. So I do encourage Right to Life supporters to not... Here, How about this? How about you take your contributions that you're given the Right to Life and you give it to Hoosiers for Life? And instead of giving it to an organization that... That is really doing nothing to end abortion except for prolonging it. Um, I believe they they even came out and said that it's probably going to be a hundred year fight. Mm. And the only reason it's going to be a hundred year fight is because they don't want to end it, and it won't be ended in a hundred years either because you can never end abortion or anything like that by being pragmatic. Um, you got to you got to you got to take a hard stand, and you got to take a stand on truth, and you cannot waver. You can't. You can't be um, deceitful in in trying to uh, deceive people and thinking that they are standing for something that they're not. And there is fruit, right? The scriptures talk about you'll know them by their fruits. And Right to Life has a lot of fruit. And my question to you guys, and you guys should pray about it, and you should really reflect and contemplate this what are the fruits of right, of right to life? What are they? Is it protecting life or is it getting power, money, influencing politicians, helping getting politicians elected who will, who will vote and bring forth bills that will help protect right to life? Because that's the thing the politicians just aren't protecting other politicians it's right to life protecting politicians and politicians protecting right to life and they're they're patting each other on the mm-hmm. back and and they keep they keep going through this vicious cycle that there is never any results and and they keep dangling i don't know not a, a baby carrot out there that that doesn't even end in babies being saved it really does i don't think abortion's going down Uh, it's going up. I just
1: had a new clinic open up, you know, in South Bend, what, last year, maybe the year before. I mean, yes, definitely, um, we're, we're stuck and we're going to be stuck until the people see the difference between what they're doing and what we're doing. And you know what? I love pro-life people. My favorite, um, people are right to life followers because they, um, they really truly believe that they are helping. They have heard the rhetoric for so long that they, um, it's, you know, when they think of pro-life, they think of right to life. You know, it's just, they've had the market for so long that the people have um, just bought into this. And I'm just um, really encouraging people to take a really hard look at where we are today. And, and it, we are such a small organization. I mean, we've only been around a few years, handful of years. And, um, and thankfully last year, we were able to drop off 40,000 petitions at the state house, which was pretty phenomenal. But um, but we are still super small compared to Right to Life. And I just think if we had the resources that they had, we would run this thing over. But they um, they just choose not to, so
0: yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, that's too bad. And again, um, I'm going to, uh, if, if, if what Amy is saying and what I am saying is just too hard for you guys to believe, do me a favor, go check out a documentary. I think you can find it on YouTube for sure. I don't know if it's on the Amazon anymore, but it's called babies are murdered here too. Okay. So it's the second one. The first one's excellent. The second one is focusing on right to life. They're talking to all the heads, all the head shows and what they have discovered and what they say out of their own mouths is very disturbing. And, and not only that, it will prove to what Amy is saying and to what I am saying that you'll see for yourself that what we were saying is true because they admit it in a documentary that they probably don't quite understand why they were being filmed or why they were being interviewed. But yet, by the grace of God it was exposed and we're gonna you're gonna see that right to life really doesn't have babies lives in mind all that much in the first place. It has a lot of other things in mind like money and power.
1: There's surely something going on yeah. for
0: so, sure. So all right. So uh we talked about the bill. Is there anything else you want to say about the bill, Amy?
1: Mm, no, I think we wrapped it up. That's uh, that's it in a well, nutshell.
0: All right. And then um is there anything we talked about how the difference between regulating abortion and abolishing it, how they're two different things. And if we're truly pro life, we should be abolishing it, not regulating Surely,
1: it. Surely. We, we, uh, if slavery was legal, we surely wouldn't be sitting here and saying that we wanted to regulate it. Um, you know, we we would want to we would want to end it. And so, um, one more thing about the bill that I just thought of it the bill is 38 pages long. So when you if you were to go online and go to the Indiana General Assembly's website and just simply type in Kurt Nisley N I S L E Y, or um, Or L Y, sorry, no E. Um, Or if you were to put the bill number in, you would see the protection of life bill. And you could click on that and see the current draft. That's what you want. The current draft, print that off. It's 38 pages long, but it looks very, very overwhelming. But really, our insert into the code would be pages 15 through 19, I believe. So there's only a few pages there. The rest of it is, um, you'll see a bunch of lines uh, strikeouts through language. And that is simply taking out all the regulations that have been put in the bill. Now that should not scare anyone. The reason why we do that is because you don't need it. You don't need to regulate abortion if abortion is illegal. And plus, if those regulations are in the bill and our bill, um, Passes and becomes law, then it keeps it legal. So we want that out of there. We it doesn't. There needs not be anything about abortion in there other than it is illegal and it's a crime. And so that's what we do. So don't let it be overwhelming. Look, start looking about 15, 16 page. I I actually think it's page 16, and um, there's about four pages, and then that shows you exactly what we're doing. Anything bold um, in bold print is what we are inserting into law. And so, that's what you need to pay attention to.
0: So, three pages are actually there to abolish it, and the other 36 pages is taking all the regulations that was put in place prior to that and just saying we don't need it anymore.
1: Yeah, that's all the work that they've done, 36 pages of regulating abortion, making hallways wider and making sure that paper towels are in the You can suck them
0: apart, but you can't use surgical instruments to tear them them apart. Yep. Um, So... And by the way, abortions are still thriving. Mm -hmm. And 36 pages of legislation of regulating it, it's not slowing it down.
1: Approximately 22 babies a day in Indiana.
0: 22 uh, Hoosier babies.
1: Hoosier babies.
0: Wow. Um, So, you know, Amy, I thank you so much for coming on. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, And I I hope my listeners enjoy it and and not only enjoy it, but they're informed and they start to see – that we can end abortion, and I'm confident we can. Um, and we just need, we need more people. We need more people. Uh, we need people who are giving the right to life to switch that over. Oh, instead that would be a blessing. On that check, right? <laughs> yeah, Hoosier we to work line. really hard, and we have no salaries. <laughs> Everything
1: is volunteered, and, um, yeah, the money goes in the right places, so for sure.
0: And even, like, honestly, um, about Amy and her organization, um, when our restaurant got shut down, her packed came alongside us, did a raise the money for us, and raised a bunch of money for our legal defense. And, you know, she is, she is personally, and not only that, her organizations that she's involved with, and that she has founded is liberty minded, constitutionally um, minded, and, and you're just about what is right when it comes to um, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and abortion falls under that. Absolutely. Um, and and so, um, again, thank you. I don't know if there's anything you want to say, or no, I thought you did a great excited. job. About uh, your what, podcast, What do yeah. you think about uh, Redemption bourbon?
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. You
0: drink it a lot slower than yeah,
1: me. Yeah, I am. I'm kind of, I don't know if I'm licking it or sipping it, but I didn't want to be too loose-tongued, but uh, it's super good. It's really uh, smooth. It so. is smooth. Yes. You know, it's yes. smooth.
0: It's uh, it's not that expensive. I don't know. Yeah. Um, And yeah, check it out. If you're a bourbon liker and you don't want to break the bank on a bottle, yeah, um, it's a good bourbon, a a good choice to go to. So it is a nice Mm -hmm. looking bottle. Um, So again, uh, let's let's help out Hoosier for Life. Let's uh, Liberty Defense Pack. Is that correct? Yeah, Liberty Defense Pack. That's a pack that is that is looking for men and women who have a backbone and have convictions. And they want to find these people and they want to help them run for office. Yes. That's a great organization to give money to um, rather than the Republican Party. Because I know there's a lot of us out there that are like, we're done with the Republican Party just over the federal stuff, the Trump stuff. Um, And I've heard it time and time again. And you know what? If you are, we need to build organizations, uh, grassroots organizations from the local level up, yeah, and and this is a great way to do that, and that's Hoosier for Life or Liberty of Defense Pack. Those two organizations are doing it right. We support them, and uh, thank you, Amy, for all you're doing, thank and you thanks for, for coming on. Me. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Uh, have a great day, everybody, and we'll be podcasting soon.